Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. I'm Lee. Lee Roy. Lee Roy Jenkins. <laughs> Lee Roy Jenkins. <laughs> Again, this is a single single bachelor without any kids in his house. Yeah, I can yell Leroy Jenkins in the middle of my condo and nobody gets bothered at all except my cat. So we're going to dive into um, Ephesians 2 today. We're going to pick up where we left off, mainly. Um, and Sean was missing last week. And so we're, we left off on chapter 2, verse 1. We haven't Just even dove in, in. For all of and, our favorite uh, so, passage. Yeah, so you guys can get all <clears throat> hyphy. I got... I I love this chapter so much, I even have two verses from it tattooed on my arm. Why? So you, you don't forget? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've had a really hard time getting those memorized. Right. The only problem Still. is I've now, I've now uh, dedicated myself to the Christian Standard Bible, and it's in the ESV on my arm. Dude, that is hilarious. That is so funny. But at least it's a literal uh, translation. It's not like the message on my arm or something. That would be bad. Yeah. And written in Comic Sans. Yeah. It's not a NASB. So I mean, I mean, it is wow. what it is. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't be top class. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. You might as well get the Greek or Hebrew, at that point. I'm, I'm here stirring the pot. You know? I'm with that. I have a, uh, I have plans for more tattoos so lies <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting the tetragrammaton tattooed on my forehead and nobody's gonna stop me do it the who <laughs> the tetragrammaton bro y h w h why but, it, but it'll be in hebrew <laughs> no please please lord i gotta prove my bona fides how long oh lord <laughs> So I'm I'm betting that tonight we only get through one verse in <laughs> Should we just read the first verse? <laughs> yeah, let's just uh let's let's actually read one through ten because that's how it like breaks up into the passage. Um when I preached over this, that's how I broke it up. Yeah, um, it makes sense. The there the therefore in eleven. Chapter two, one, two, two, yeah, and then jump into where it breaks and he goes, Therefore, remember that formerly you, blam, blam, blam. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and read um, chapter two, verses one through ten. 
and we'll stop there. Cool. And then we'll just start discussion. Who wants it? I'll read it. All right. And three, <sighs> two, one, and go. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. You too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. This here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. This is a great passage. Verse 1. So, dead doesn't really mean dead, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> dead just means kind of maimed, you know? You know? Dead means you're rotting in the ground. Yeah, uh, so, you... so so let's just go over that. So, we're, so you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So, what is Paul saying right here? That you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Are we? Are, is he referring to man's total depravity? Yes. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, f- physically, no, not dead, but spiritually, yes. Now, now, when we say they're dead, what 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 are some verses that actually refer to this um, that we can reference? Like John 6 versus, what is it, 44, 43? Hang on. You're going to be shocked if I even remember that. We're always shocked. (laughs) Uh, Paul says a similar thing in Colossians, in Colossians 2, where he says, You're dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh. Um. God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt. So it's a spiritual death that we're talking about here, since he's talking about, since, since he was talking about the uncircumcision, this is a death as in not being alive to God. So, no, yeah, we are, we're living creatures, okay, so we live and walk and talk and, and, and breathe, but we're spiritually dead. We can't we can't please God and we don't have a vibrancy of spirit that comes with reconciliation with God. Right. Right. And that that has implications for our creaturely will, um, and in what exactly we desire to do, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I'll let you read your cross reference now. So so my cross reference is um John chapter eight verses thirty four. 34 34 um, and he says Jesus answered and he's talking to the Pharisees here so he says Jesus answered them saying truly truly I say to you everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin 
So Jesus puts it very plainly. He he's not saying this metaphorically. He's saying this proverbially. He's saying this is this is how it is. Um, and we can also find this in Romans six fifteen through twenty three. Um, as we, there, I'll read. Unless someone's already there. I have it. That's um, where I was gonna go. Yeah, Romans six fifteen twenty three, where it says. What then? Shall we sin because we are under the law? Not under the law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. He's speaking of the word here. He's talking about the gospel, that you were committed to the gospel. And having been freed from sin by Christ, okay, so he's, it's by the freeing of sin from Christ, you became slaves of righteousness. We are now slaves of God. We are, we are his. He is our master. Um, then in verse 19, he says, I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Righteousness, Therefore, that uh, therefore, what benefit were you deriving from the things of which you were now now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God. You derive your benefit, resulting in sanctification and the outcome of eternal life. So God is saying, you used to be in the darkness. You used to be... Um, chained and bound to your sinfulness you used to be your your sinfulness was your master um you had no way out and the only way out was through christ and christ was the only answer um he says in ephesians as we get to it it was not by works but by faith you were saved by grace you were saved um in the but, same way yeah. that that lazarus couldn't make himself alive that it took, you know, he was lying in the grave, and it and it took Jesus coming over and telling him to come forth, waking him up, uh, and restoring his life that he was able to come come out again. Right, right. Although, according to to uh, Stephen Anderson, uh, that story proves that even dead people can res- can respond to the call of Christ. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear that name on this podcast again. Steven Slanderson. I was actually... Uh, Oh. You know, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was going to read Romans 5, 12 to 21. I don't have to read the whole thing, but I'll just read that last paragraph. Um, So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone... So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. 
it's in in this whole section it, it kind of correlates kind of the origin of sin and death in Adam and in Christ we're raised to new life so it it kind of correlates back to this Ephesians 2:1 as well right yeah and i mean and people think that they're the ones who came to Christ. They made the decision. They they raised themselves from death to life. And and that's not the case. And Jeremiah clearly states this in chapter 13 where he states, uh, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard his spots? Then you also can do good. You also can do good who are accustomed to doing evil. So, I mean, they can't, you can't you change... Yeah, yeah, you love to do evil. It's it's your will to do evil, to rebel against God. Yeah, that is even what... if you even if you could change yourself, you wouldn't want to anyway, and the result would right. be the same. Exactly, we love our sin. It's uh... when we were talking about. I was glad nobody mentioned the this cross reference when it came to uh, spiritual death, but I always go to Ezekiel thirty seven in the Valley of the Dry Bones because I think that's a really good picture of exactly what happens spiritually. Uh, when somebody's saved. Yeah, and I think that's more towards regeneration. Um, mm-hmm. as, the regen- as God is regenerating the sinner from death to life. But right here in verses 1 of chapter 2, he's saying, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Bam, we're stopping. Yeah. Now in, chapter, in verse 2, it jumps into, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. Stop. So, the course of this world, it's a fallen world. We fell um, from our our federal head, Adam. Adam, tran- he wasn't the one who transgressed. He he just, he failed at his, his job as being the priest judge. Yeah, as being the leader. Of Eden. Yeah. Yes, and uh, he, it was the woman who transgressed, and then Adam, who was supposed to be the protector, the... He was supposed to be the priest, the judge, the the prophet. He he failed. He failed at protecting Eden. Um, so that's how we became in our fallen nature. Now we are in, we inherit the sin of our federal head, and that's why we have our second federal head, who is in Christ, and is the greater of the federal heads. Um, that's so why, that's to why the, it can be called walking in the course of this world, because every single human being is under that failure of Adam. We're, uh, right. we're under the, the, um, the covenant of the, the Adamic covenant. Um, we all accept the penalty for that failure, and we continue to fail on our own, too. So everybody's the same in that regard. Right. That's why yeah, sin and is I the mean, course of the world. You're not, you may say, well, I'm not as bad as that guy over there. Well, you may not be doing the same sins or committing the same crimes as somebody, but in your heart, you are committing grievous sins, and and they're just as, just as powerful. Yeah. Uh, no sin is greater than the other sin. I mean, sin in God's eyes is disgusting to cosmic him. Cosmic treason. Yeah, and it's... Uh... It kind of go, it, let's go to the famous John three sixteen and read a little further than that verse. But for God loved the world in this way, He gave His 
one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18, Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. So, we're born already condemned. Um, God does not condemn us. We, we're, we're deserving of the judgment we get if we do not have faith in Christ because we're already condemned under the law because mm-hmm. we are born sinful. That's, that's our natural state, if you will. Well, it's an unnatural yes, state. Yes, we, we but... are sinners, thus we sin. We don't become sinners in sinning. Right. That's our... So we're, that's our default yeah, mode. Exactly. And the wages of sin is death, right? Right. Right. So... Now, I like, I like how it jumps into, uh, in verse 2, how after it says those who have walked according to the course of this world. And then it, it goes into according to the prince of, of the power of the air, of the spirit that is working in the sons of disobedience. Now, when Paul is referring to this, the, when he's saying according to the prince of the power of the air, who is he speaking of here? That would be Satan. Okay, so I'm glad we cleared the air there. Now, why, why is he mentioning Satan right here as being the prince of the power of the air? Well, you know, um, you got to serve somebody. And if we're born in sin, we're serving Satan. Um, because all of these, like in verse 3, when we'll talk about how we lived in the lust of our flesh and, and uh, the desires of the mind, too. These are all activities that satan encourages um and we obviously we take the bait because we are um we're depraved and uh, very susceptible to all those uh, whims to do evil so it's kind of default that everybody's kind of following satan's lead um that's why he's the prince of the power of the air i mean it's kind of his, his Satan's work feels ubiquitous sometimes, even though he can't be in all places at once. But it's like his power is in the air, right? You know, and he's working in all the sons of disobedience. So it's like he's kind of got his own f- sinful family there. These are the sons of disobedience, and only by grace can we become sons of obedience, namely Christ's obedience credited to us. So when we're when we're saved, we're we're kind of switching family loyalties. We've left Satan's uh, club, and we're now uh, adopted into God's righteous family. Right. The Israel of God. Bam. Yeah. So, so as we get down there, he says, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Now, is he talking about us as the sons of disobedience? Who is He is working in the sons of disobedience that are walking upon this earth? Yeah, I I would say so. I don't know if Sean would agree with that. 
I've often wondered about this, but I, I would tend to say yes, the sons of disobedience would be us. Fallen man. Yeah. I'm sure probably somebody has posited that uh, he the, it's a reference to fallen angels or demons as like his agents of fooling humanity, but right. I, I would see this as the humans being fooled themselves. Don't tell me the Nephilim are angels. I will <laughs> flip out. <laughs> I'll be like, whoever not, says they're angels, they're idiots. Not going. Oh, I don't even, don't even want to talk to them. <laughs> uh, there's a good ESV study Bible note um, talking about the phrase sons of disobedience. Um, the note says that it's a Hebrew-inspired phrase like sons of this world in contrast to sons of light, like it says in Luke 16. So it's it's family switcheroo, basically. They belong to a family that rebels against the the one and true God. That that makes that makes more sense to me than it being fallen angels or demons. Yeah. Don't bring that don't bring that bad juju here. <laughs> exactly. Um there's one distinction I would I would want to make. Some people have made the error of kind of a, a dualistic system where um Two equal and opposing forces are um, duking it out in the world over human souls. One of those is God, and the other is Satan. That's absolutely not true, and that's not what Paul's saying here. Um, in right. no way, it, Satan is a created being, so he is in no way equal to God in in power or wisdom. Right. So there's no way he can even compare or even right. put up his fist to him. Yeah, you know he wasn't even able to afflict Job unless God gave him permission to do so, um, and that wasn't just you know a bargain that they made in that in that example. Like that's just how it is. He's a created being. Yeah, he's and he he's can't do more like outside of God's allowance. Yeah, he's more like us than he is God. Mm-hmm. Like he's not omnipotent. He's not omnipotent, and he's not omnipresent like God is, for instance. So there's there's a lot of people that talk up Satan and. And you know, it's not that Satan isn't uh, isn't real. He is real, and not that he's not powerful. He is powerful, but he's not as powerful as God. And those of us who love God and have been saved and and are being sanctified now and headed toward glorification, we don't have reason to fear Satan and his work. But it's good to understand what he does and the hold that he has on people who are still under condemnation right, and haven't right. tasted of the grace of Christ. But yeah. he's not in no way equal to God in power or wisdom. We have Satan bound. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got him this week? <laughs> Who's woke? No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, so in verse 3, it says, Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So I'm no better than anybody. Yeah. They, I'm, Paul, um, Paul himself and all those who were with him and helped in his ministry were at one point in their lives. The, okay. Uh, at one point in their lives were all dead in their sins and trespasses. Paul, yep. Paul himself was persecuting and Christians, early Christians, killing them. Uh, throwing them in prison, beating them. He was a bad dude. Bad, and, uh, bad dude. And, really uh, bad. It, it, it just, it kind of, it levels the playing field. It, it, 
he's showing that everyone needs a savior, not just these people well, over and, here that appear to be really bad sinners, but I'm not a bad sinner myself kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs Christ. And he's trying to, what I believe he's trying to say is, you know, we're, we're leveling the playing field here. Everybody needs Christ. We've all, we're all dead in our sins and trespasses. And without God, we cannot be raised to new life in Christ. It's really the best counter argument to that common thing that people say about, well, you're you're religious. Uh, you you think you're better than us because you yeah. you pray or you go to church. No, not at all. In fact, I was the very same as anybody else, just as sinful as everybody. Maybe I showed it more or less than the average person. Maybe I committed more outward sins or fewer outward sins than the average person. But at core. By my very nature, I was a child of wrath just like everyone else. Yeah. But the only difference is that I've been saved by grace and not by works of my own, and uh, and I've been changed and been uh, set apart and uh, and and am now in fellowship with with um, God, my Savior. That's the only. That's the difference. Um, and it, this is a good. It's a good thing to 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 tell people. Um, when you're in a conversation about something like this and they throw that out at you. No, I don't think I'm better. I'm still not better than you are. Right. I'm just loved. Yeah. The, the, the only difference between you and me is I have faith in some, in Christ that has saved me from my sin. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm intrigued when he says about, talking about those those different desires because when we think about sin we're always considering like outward sins you know you know people that stole or or people that harmed other people and and there's lots of ways to harm people but i'm i'm especially interested in the idea of indulging the desires of the mind or i think sean it said in the csb the thoughts right say the Uh, flesh and and our thoughts of our flesh and thoughts yeah, that's uh, that's like one of the secret sneaky arenas of sin. Oh yeah, because and, and that's the it's it's almost like you don't realize that it's bad until you've already thought about it. So it's already occurred mm-hmm. in your mind. You've already sinned, and you haven't even realized mm-hmm. it until it's already happened. And yeah, exactly. It's it's. It's already well, game and, over. It, it, yeah, it's and game really, over you, at that point. It, you, all you can do is repent. Yeah. Um, and that it, that really is where sin begins. You know, uh, out of the heart the mouth speaks, like Jesus said. So a sinful, a sinful thing that you say, you know, something that you say to somebody that is sinful, that began as a sinful thought in your in your inner being, in your mind, in your heart, and. Um, I think that's the category of sin that um, that Christians deal with the most, because after you're in the church for a while, you know how to act and you know what not to do. Um, otherwise, somebody's going to know that you're doing bad. Um, and I think it's a constant war against those um, desires of the mind, uh, the sinful thought arena that um, is especially hard to tackle in our sanctification. Right. Think, thinking poorly about other people and sinning against them or thinking other other types of 
sinful thoughts. There's lots. I mean, you couldn't even really compile a good list. God, yeah, exactly. That's Slander, a, that's a really good. One. I mean, lust, mm-hmm. adultery, your divorce. I mean, that that's that's terrible. I mean, if even if if you were divorced due to you were committing adultery in your marriage, and then you remarry. I mean, you just committed another adultery. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just yeah, which is it's difficult, and that that's a touchy subject for a lot of America since America has really fallen into this divorce central capital of marriage no longer means anything. Yeah. And Sean, this is nothing against you. No, no, no. I I actually, no. this is this is good. Yeah, this I mean, good. so we we no longer take marriage as it should be. Or that it is sacred in God's eyes, but now we just toss it around freely, like yeah, we're it's just out like here it's dating. Disposable and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's meaningless. We can just go get another, you know, right after the. And, it, and it's it's disgusting. I, I I hate it, and it just drives me nuts. I'm like, you, there's nothing in your marriage that is so difficult you cannot work out. And some things, it's not that the one doesn't want to work it out. It's the other who is still feeding into their sin. And they are just just so blind and deaf to their sin, they're, they're unable to visually see the wrongdoings mm-hmm. of their mind and heart. Well, that's why it's so important so. to take uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6, really important um, to make those central because we... Um, we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Um, you know, that 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 um, that thought that isn't captive to Christ is a disobedience, even if it hasn't created a victim, if it hasn't hurt another person, if it hasn't hurt your reputation or whatever, it's still disobedience to Christ in a sin before God. Right. Even what's going on in your head, yeah, yeah. That's what. That's why we, you know, at, like uh, John Owen said, "Be killing sin, or skin, sin will be killing you." Which it's every day, and every yeah. day when we get into Ephesians six, it's just going to it's going to go make off. things. Yeah, I mean, it's, if you don't put your armor on during the day, guess what? It's game over. You might as well just. You're not going home. Call it a day because you're not coming back. I wrote a series of blogs on, yeah. on that. You could write yeah, you a did. series That's of true. blogs for the rest of your life on that. Yeah, for real. So, and then and then it jumps into, and we were by nature, and we're, we're by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. All, this talk, all, all Paul's saying here is he's referring to your total depravity, how you are fallen to your original sin that was in Adam, and we are walking as the course of this world, as all the others in the world who are not following Christ. That is what it's saying. So they're Boom. walking They're walking dead men, already dead condemned. Dead men. Yeah, you R- might as well just walk... Rest in peace, to- dead men. Yep, walking dead. <laughs> Welcome to the Walking Dead. Uh, this is the after show. I just want to We're be gonna go over. It's scarier than zombies. This kind of Walking oh. Dead is way scarier than zombies because yeah. it's it's already happened. And you're you're awake. 
you're, you're way more dangerous. And that that's that's when if I look back at my former former self, I'm I am so ashamed of that person, and I feel I feel so sorry for that person. I'm like, why did you make things so difficult? You know, why did you kick against times? the goads? Right. Why did you continue to just go down the darkest path you could find when the light was right behind you? You know, and it was sitting there calling you and calling you and calling you, and yet you just continued to rebel, rebel, mm-hmm. rebel, rebel. And it might be one sin today, you know, and then it leads to another sin and then another sin. And it's just like when John Bunyan, he says, when sin enters the boat, it's as if a leak happens in the boat, and then the boat becomes sunk. Oh, snap. Yeah. He would know about yeah. boats. Really, the last the last thing I have to say um, on this topic for this episode is, um, I know a lot of people... A lot of people criticize Calvinists as being mean and uh, and know-it-alls and, and whatnot. But uh, with this passage in mind, and this passage is really important to me, but um, especially this verse 3 here, um, if, if recounting your own experience as um, a child of wrath before you were forgiven, if that doesn't fill you with empathy and sympathy for those who are currently suffering under the weight of sin, then... You probably need to reevaluate what you're doing, right? And I, I right. think it's, I think it's a bit of a, of a, I think it's inconsistent for for people to level that against Calvinists, particularly because I would think of all people, uh, knowing what we know about sin and how we speak about sin, um, we sh- we are the people that truly know the weight of sin and the the hopelessness of being sunk in. And, and under the weight of your own sin and the sin we've inherited from Adam, um, right? That drives us to share the gospel with others, so that um, Christ will Christ will dig them out and give them new life. Yeah, and and trust me, people do not like to to hear. I don't like to hear that I'm a sinner. I don't like to hear that, yeah. you know, I messed up today, or I have to seek God into repentance right now because. I just made a big boo-boo or, you know, <laughs> and or I talked to my kids. I, I was angry with my kids or my wife, you know, I'm, I'm constantly asking forgiveness, you know? And so, I mean, it's, it's a daily job of repentance and that's where a Christian should constantly be is on his knees. And I think that's when a Christian is at his strongest point is when he's on his knees. Um, so this is this is not something that people like to hear that you are you are living in sin you are unable to see your sin and this is just this goes the same for people that are prideful they're unable to see it they're unable to um, attest to their own pride because they don't physically attest to it you know but everyone outside of the realm sees how they are living and that's where lee brings in that the calvinists they they understand the meaning of sin we are we understand the meaning of sin because we were dead in our sins and now we know the grace of god the mercy of god that saved us from our sins and we're going to get back into that in in verse four um but we'll pick that up next week 
Um, Boom. And I'm not going to say anything because we've already uh, gone long. It's a long one. (laughs) If we'd stuck to one verse like I thought we were going to, we'd have been right on time. We tripled it. It sure is. Trifecta. We were too excited to jump into this thing, which is good. All for one and one for all. Imagine that Guys with Bibles was excited to talk about the Bible. How strange (laughs) and uncharacteristic. Yeah, weird. Yeah. I love talking about the Bible. You know, I just like when people bring stuff up and they ask questions. Like, just I have people at work, you know. I have this young young couple that works in my area. One works first shift and the other works nights. And um, they're they've recently got engaged, um, and they've had a they've had a dark past just like everybody else has, and join the club. They've actually they've actually became they're 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 seeking you know they're asking questions they're they're actually curious about God they're they're getting that that call you know and they're they're kind of starting to hear his voice you know and they're like well, am I just hearing things, or who is this, you know, who's who's knocking at the door of my heart? No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, so they're, they're getting real, they're getting real interested, and they're asking questions, and I'm just a real guy. Um, I'm no fancy, you know, self-righteous dude who thinks I'm better than anybody. You know, I just, I'm, I'm real with you. I will but be we as know you real hit as it gets. Right? Yeah, and you know exactly, <laughs> exactly, in the post mill, and uh, then I'm over so, on the other side of the warehouse going, "Show me, bro! Show me, bro! Show me!" Yeah, and did, did I, I mean your, it's great. Did you have your uh, uh, gallon of antifreeze in there with you too? Drink yeah. it, bro! <laughs> Show me, bro! Anyway, go on, Scott. Sorry. That that was a great debate, and uh, I, I I love it. I love it that they've asked for Bibles. Um, I recently um, got them into a Reformation study Bible. I thought oh, that nice. was a good one, mm-hmm. but I, I I switched it up with the husband. So I got the I gave the husband one of my CSB study Bibles. That I, yeah, that you, you remember the one where Lifeway oh. closed? Yeah. Wow. So I'm, I'm giving I'm giving that to him. She got an ESV which is a Reformation study Bible, and I'm giving him the CSB. That way they have different study Bibles, and they're not the same. That way they can compare notes. That, that's a really and, good pairing, actually. Yeah, that way they can uh, create discussion. And the CSB actually brings out some of the Hebrew and the Greek words in the study Bible. Yeah, there's words. And I think that's very... Cool. Yeah, I think that would be really does, good. Tom Schreiner's if, all over it. Yeah. It, <laughs> yes, yes. I love Tom Schreiner. And uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be work out great for them. Um, I'm glad they're interested. I hope they find a church. I'm going to help them look for a church. But um, I just hope that God just works in their relationship and and actually, you know, sees. I I don't care if I see the growth, but I hope someone is there one day to witness the full growth of them. So I think that'd be really cool. Glory. Um, so so be praying for them. Um, hey guys, if there's anything that guys with Bibles can pray for you about, send us an email and get with us or send us a message on Facebook. Um, the emails go directly to each of our phones, so we will gladly respond to you as soon as possible. Um, also 
Lee, Sean, where can they find us? They can find us on the website, guyswithbibles.com. Uh, you can listen to audio of the podcast there, or and you can also read the blogs that we post every week. Um, then you can reach out and uh, get into some community on social media. So we have the Facebook page. So you got to do is just search Guys With Bibles on Facebook and click the uh, request to join and we'll get you in. Uh, then you can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Guys With Bibles. And then the email that Scott was talking about is guyswbibles at gmail.com. Right on, right on. And we are Guys With Bibles, and we're out.